We've been studying the seven laws of the spiritual life. We've looked at He's God and we're not. And once we truly recognize this and submit ourselves to follow Christ, we realize that it leads to the second law, which kind of is a very humbling thought that God doesn't need us, but we desperately need Him. That really smacks right into our face of pride and our ego, doesn't it? When we have to really think about that and the reality of that, God really doesn't need us. There's nothing that we can bring that will make God more God. There's nothing that we can hold back, even if we hold back our worship. As we're going to look in Hebrews, Hebrews 10 says, Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves, which is common to some, which is the manner of some. Even if we do not worship God, it does not detract from God, does it? He's still God. But we do not, uh, we do not make anything, make more of God, but I mean, as far as add to His character, He doesn't need us, but we desperately need Him, don't we? Where would we be apart from the grace of God? I, I, I don't want to think because I know for my first 27 years of life I didn't consider God at all. I wouldn't say I outright rejected Him but I didn't consider Him which is still rejecting Him, isn't it? And so we see that we need God desperately and that kind of talks about our sinfulness, our humility, and the importance of prayer. We looked at what God demands He supplies because in and of ourselves we could not do anything to merit our salvation. It's all of God, right? And then for the work that God has called us to, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, the works that He has ordained that we should walk in, He provides everything that we need to, to have those good works, to accomplish those good works. Because again, we can't accomplish that in ourselves. We can't do it in our flesh. We need to constantly yield ourselves to the Spirit's leading and enablement. And so then we looked at last week, which uh, we realized this is kind of turns the corner that it says, what you seek, you find. And remember last week we talked about we've got to stop making all the excuses why we can't do certain things. Because the verse we looked at briefly was, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. God said, if you seek Me and desire Me and want to walk in righteousness, you can have it. You can have everything that you need to live that holy life. But the question is, what are we seeking and thirsting after? Are we truly seeking and hungering after the things of God? Or are we thinking or trying to just eke out an existence and as comfortable as possible? Again, we mentioned the little bumper sticker, right? He who dies with the most toys wins. You know, many Christians fall victim to that same mentality and philosophy. We have to have stuff and thinking that stuff is what's going to bring us lasting happiness. But again, there's the other bumper sticker. He who dies with the most toys dies. What did those things do? Did they add to your salvation? Did they add to your, to your walk with God? Again, there's nothing wrong with things, with stuff. It's how do you use it? What's your motivation of obtaining it? I mean, God gives us things that we can use to be a blessing to Him. 
Again, I, I still love to tell the story of how when Anne Young was home on furlough before she retired as a missionary in the Philippines, she had one year left to go in the Philippines and she bought a car, a little red Corolla, brand new, and she used it while on furlough and then when she was trying to go back, she was trying to sell it, but nobody would buy it. Just at that time, just so happens, our 1988 Ford F-150 decided to give up the ghost. <laughs> and and uh, somebody from this local body, from this assembly, bought that car from Ann and gave it to us. Not only did they buy the car and give it to us, they also gave us the money to register it and pay the sales tax. I mean, above and beyond what you can ever think or ask. And we've had the pleasure of letting other people use that car and think because guess what? It was a gift of God to us and we use it to bless other people. Keith and Susan constantly used the cabin in Warren as a blessing. As God blessed their family with it, they bless us with it and, and others as well. The, the detour teens have used... Again, nothing wrong with things, is there? How do you use them? What's the motivation in getting them? Because in reality, what is necessary, God says, what you seek, you will find, because I will give you everything that you need for this life and to be used of me. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. God promises. Do we believe the promises of God or not? We can do well at lip service, and we do well in church shaking our heads, Right? And back and forth, whichever way. But in reality, once we step outside these doors, do we put what we say we believe in into, pra into practice? Or do we just give the Sunday school answer? Today we're going to look at the fifth law, which is active faith releases God's power. Active faith. Do you hear what I'm saying? Let, let's say that one more time active faith not passive in fact some of us are more passive aggressive than anything else but I'm talking about active faith that is faith put in to practice because we can say we have faith if we had faith of the size of a mustard seed we can even move that snow pile out there today right I mean doesn't the word of God say that do we believe that Again, I don't think most of us really do believe it because our lives would be so radically different. Our Christian walk would be something that the world would like. Again, like the apostles. These men are turning the world upside down. If we truly put into practice the things we claim we believe in, a lot of things would happen. Faith is one of the most prominent words in all of religion. Sometimes it uh, applies to a, a whole belief system and sometimes it's doctrine, like keep the faith. But here what we're looking at is that moment by moment daily trust in God. Because we need to do that, right? We need moment by moment. You're in the book of Hebrews. Turn to uh, just Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11.6 is so important, folks. Because it says, But without faith, 
it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We looked at that briefly last week, that God will reward us if we seek. That which you seek, you will find. If you seek him, you will find. God wants to not only give you what you need, but he says he wants to reward you. But again, many people, even Christians, try to do God's work in their own power, in their own strength, their own way, and wonder why it's not pleasing God and why they're not getting any further or why they're frustrated. Because here, this verse, the writer of Hebrews tells us in verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Many times we think, well, that's good enough. We see what somebody next to us does or doesn't do. We sometimes are kind of like got the Peter mentality. How many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? Remember what was the custom of the day? Three times to forgive somebody. Peter, hey, not only am I going to double it, I'm going to add one more for good measure. I'm pretty spiritual, aren't I? Yeah, seven's the number of perfection too. I got, you know, I've got this down, right? And Jesus says, Peter, you're missing the mark altogether. What did Peter want to do it? He he figured it all out. Where was God in in the answer on that? He wasn't looking for for Jesus' answer. He wasn't looking for God's answer. He figured it all out. He was giving God, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm pretty spiritual, aren't I? And you know what? We do the same thing. We do the same thing from time to time. We have to act by faith. We need to seek God. Because really, isn't it the desire of our hearts to please God? I really believe that. And I think that's why just about everybody is here today. Again, I joke around with uh, the different AA groups down here. I says, look, we've got some of the same people upstairs as you do downstairs. There's some people here at AA that truly want to be here. You, you know the help. You know what uh, you need one another. You know you want to encourage one another. And then you've got others... The only reason why they're here, they're, they're court-ordered. They have no desire to be here. And I said, you know, we've got the same thing upstairs. There's some of you who truly love the Lord and want to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. And there's others here that have got a drug problem. Your mother drug you, your wife drug you. You know, somebody drug you here. You didn't want to be here, but you're here. Right? But God's got you here today. Because God wants to tell you, I want you to... Trust in me. Submit yourself to me. Have faith in me. Because I want to bless you and I want to use you for my glory. And I really believe God wants to speak to all of our hearts. Again, what is the theme of the week of prayer? Find us faithful. Then find us faithful applies so well to this. Active faith releases the power of God in our lives. In order for God to find us faithful, guess what? We've got to be faithful. And we've got to apply the Word of God into our lives and into the lives of other people. Now, we, what Pastor Brian read for us in Hebrews chapter 11, go back there to start in verse 24, but if you go through this section, we know Hebrews 11 is the heroes of the faith, 
right? And, and we look at to all these things. And many times as they introduce all these Old Testament saints, they talk about by faith or with faith. This person did these wonderful uh, feats of, uh, of miraculous deeds. It's only of God. But it's, how did they do it? It's by faith. And you go throughout the whole thing. By, verse 4, by faith Abel, by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham, by faith Isaac. And the list goes on. The writer goes in and he doesn't even mention the individual exploits of all those listed. He doesn't talk about all the different things that they did, but it's just by faith they did these things and, and doesn't go into great detail of all the different exploits of these wonderful people. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And again, gives him some, but doesn't talk about by faith. He left the Ur of Chaldees. Doesn't talk about all the things by faith that these people had to do. And it's an amazing thing when you look at all of this. Verse 33 and 34 says, kind of a summary, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of the fire escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness were made strong became uh, valiant in battle turned to flight the armies of the aliens and women received their dead uh, raised to life again I mean amazing things took place as people trusted God and followed God it's amazing what God can do when we submit ourselves to Him and allow Him to work in and through all of us. But that's only part of the story because the chapter doesn't end there at 35a. From 35b down, it gives us a different account of those who walked by faith. Look what it says. Others. Others. Can we put our name in there maybe? Hopefully not, but it might someday. Because look what it says. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, of, of chains and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. Wow! Just stop there for a minute. I mean, that's a powerful statement, isn't it? Of them, the world was not worthy. When you stop and think of the other verses, by faith, they, all these things they accomplished, and then they say, by faith, others, these others, they went through all these other things. Were the, was their faith weaker? Because they didn't have victory in all of these things? No, I believe their faith was even stronger to endure all these things. Because then the writer says, because the world was not even worthy of them. Guess what? Who wrote the Word of God? This is not a real hard test. Who? God! Who said the world was not worthy of these people? God! Don't miss that! God thought very highly of these saints. 
And he said, He allowed them to go through these things and they obtained a greater resurrection, a better testimony. Because they endured what? By faith. By faith. Of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and mountains and in dens and in caves and on earth. All these have obtained a good testimony through faith. They did not receive the promise. You know, look, a lot of people think, well, the promises of God is always yes in Christ, which is true. But they always think that everything is going to turn out good, right? For those who love the Lord, for those who are called according to their purposes. And that is true. It's just the problem is we have defined what is the good instead of allowing God to define what's good and what's best for His glory. That's a hard thing, isn't it? All things will turn to good for those who love the Lord, for those who are called according to His purposes. I truly believe that. That does not mean that every person is going to survive a trial or tribulation. For some, that means God's going to take them home. Your work here is done. Come and enter into your reward. Humanly speaking, we don't understand that. We don't understand that. But they have obtained a good testimony. Now listen, God thinks it's a good testimony. God said they obtained a good testimony. How did they get that testimony? By faith. God have provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. In other words, listen, they received a good testimony. They got a great testimony. God says that the world is not worthy of them. God called them home through their testing. But God says, listen, they're not better than us either. And I'm still going to do a work in and through you and you can obtain a good testimony the same way but you have to do it by what? By faith. By faith. God wants to do some miraculous things in and through our lives. And I really believe that God is trying to stretch us as a body. Stretch us as a people. I see as the days that we live in, we're seeing Scripture fulfilled right before our eyes. Constantly. Because it says in the last times it will be like the days of Noah. And it tells us in the book of Judges that every man will do what is right in the sight of his own eyes. That they'll call evil good and good evil. You don't have to really turn on the news too much or open up a newspaper to find that happening, do you? The world is turning things all upside down and it's just, you know what, the world is acting like the world. And what happens is many times as Christians, it should break our hearts. We get angry about it. We spout off about it. Very rarely do we actually pray about it. We just spout off, off about it. And then we try to cloister ourselves away so we're not a part of it. Well, there's a fine line there, isn't there? We're supposed to be in the world but not of the world. When we make us just the holy huddle, us four and no more, right? You know, and, and we just can point our fingers at everything going wrong in the world. How are we being salt and light? How are we making an impact in our community, in our Jerusalem, 
We're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. The world needs to see a difference in us. They need to see somebody who lives a life that's pleasing to the Lord. They need to see somebody who not only claims to be a Christian, but is living out the Christian values. I'm not saying perfect, because none of us are perfect. But striving to be that which God has called us to be. Striving to be the body of Christ. Striving to truly encourage one another, to love one another, to build each other up, to esteem others better than ourselves. Striving to not uh, allow uh, sin to just run rampant, but to call it sin. We don't want to offend people today. We don't want to talk about sin. We don't want to talk about hell. And we wonder why the world is going the way in which it's going. It's amazing. Had an article uh, Pastor Brian gave me this week of a of a professor in Messiah College saying that we should really question the God of the Bible in different areas that we don't think is, is right. Well, it doesn't matter whether we think it's right or not. It's the word of God. God is God regardless of what I think. And God displays Himself in many, many ways throughout the Word of God and throughout the Bible and throughout history, constantly showing us His grace and His mercy and His love, telling us constantly over and over there is a price to be paid for sin. But the problem is, is we don't always like the way it looks. And so we have to tweak it. Listen, God doesn't need you and I to tweak His Word. What he needs is you and I to live by his word. To submit ourselves by his word. We have churches that, well, honestly, you know, God loves everybody, so, you know, we have to just let everybody be who they are. And, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you can be a confessing and practicing homosexual, lesbian, or whatever, and you still can be in the pulpit. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter whether you're divorced or not. You know, you're forgiven. You can get into the pulpit. We've weakened the Word of God and weakened the pulpit of Jesus Christ all out of tolerance and not wanting to call sin, sin. Now, again, I have a sister in the lesbian lifestyle. I love my sister dearly. I'll do whatever I can for my sister. I love her that much. I'll do whatever I can. But she knows I don't condone her lifestyle. In fact, we didn't even go to her wedding. I love her. I don't agree with her. Listen, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So you can be upset about me or whatever. You know, I had one member of this church wanted us thrown out of the parsonage because... My sister came to visit. Is that what Christ would have done? He ate with tax collectors and heathens. Did he condone their lifestyle? Absolutely not. But he loved them. Absolutely. It's by faith that we can trust in God because you know what when I look at situations in life when I see some of the things that go on when I'm up at the high school and I'm ministering to some of the, the kids that I get to mentor and I watch what's going on there and listen to people talking it, it, my heart breaks for what happens with some of these people and where they're at in life 
If I didn't have faith in God, I'd think all is lost. But it's not. Again, I don't want to make trite or trivial what's going on in people's lives, but I truly, truly believe, and I don't want this just to be cliche, but I truly believe that uh, problems are only opportunities for God to perform a miracle. Because God is still in the miracle business, isn't He? Amen. And it's by faith that we trust that He is going to do that. Why would I stand in this pulpit week after week if I didn't believe in God? Then why do we come and sit in a pew week after week if we do not believe the Word of God? We have to believe it by faith. It's by faith that we are saved. It's by faith that we walk. It's by faith that we serve. It's by faith that we love. It is by faith that's going to take us home to glory. Amen? That's what we've got to look at. It's by faith. Constantly throughout this is by faith. Now listen, many times the people in the Old Testament were, uh, had struggles just like us and had to make some decisions. As the passage that Pastor Brian read for us in uh, Hebrews 11, verse 24. By faith. Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Can you imagine that? Here's a man on, if you will, on the fast track, right? Many historians believe that the lineage of Pharaoh, the successor, came through Pharaoh's daughter. If that's true... I can't say it is 100%. I kind of tried to find nobody was definitive on that. But if that is true, Moses was in line to become Pharaoh at some point. And he said, you know what? I don't want it. I don't want it. He refused. He desired what? And better, right? He refused to be called the son's, son of Pharaoh's daughter. He didn't have to say a word. He could have had everything that the world could offer. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy passing pleasures of sin. You see, that, that's a powerful, powerful statement here, folks. Do you see what, what he's saying? Is Look, I can keep my mouth shut. I can be set for life. I can have the best 401k plan, if you will. I have everything set in front of me. I have everything. All I have to speak and it shall be done, right? I have everything at my disposal. But you know what? I recognize that everything that this world can give me, if it's just of the world, is fleeting, is passing. And it's what? Sin. He says, because the things that I would desire in the natural flesh is sinful. He kind of knew himself, didn't he? Stop and think. All restraints off of you. What is it that you crave and desire the most? I truly would hope that it was thirst and hunger after righteousness. But I know with a group this size, even though that we're smaller today, some of us would choose fleshly things. If I can do this without any reprisal, I'd want or I would... We've got to be careful, right? 
And Moses recognized this. And he says, you know what? I don't want that because this is only passing pleasure. He esteemed the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. He looked to the reward. And by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. That's one of probably, I think, one of the most miraculous statements in the whole Bible. Seeing him who's invisible. How do you see somebody who's invisible? Isn't the whole point of being invisible that you can't be seen? So how do you see somebody? And why would you endure if you can't see something? You nailed it. So what does it say? By faith. By faith gives us spiritual eyes. The writer of Hebrews in verse 1 here of chapter 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's by faith though that you can see the true and living God. I don't know about you, but I remember it was June 7, 1989, is finally, by faith, I could see God and know that He had a plan and a purpose for my life. And I knew I needed to accept Him or I was going to a Christless eternity. I was going to hell. Where I deserve. But it's by faith that He gave me the ability to see the reality of who He is and what He desires for all mankind. That's what Moses had. He recognized that there's a great God, the God of his fathers, that had a plan and a purpose. And he chose. He refused. Folks, this is where the rubber hits the road today. For some of us, it's right there. He refused. Plain and simple, it has to come to a point some days is there's the temptation before us. The temptation in and of, our, of itself is not the sin. It's what we do with it. And we sometimes just have to refuse and say, no, I'm not going to submit to that. I'm going to walk by faith. I don't know where it's going to take me. Listen, if I could see it and I knew exactly where it's going to take me, there's no faith required. It's by faith. By faith. I refuse to give in to the things of this world or to go with the things of this world. It's by faith I'm going to trust God. I'm going to stand firm on the Word of God. It's by faith I'm going to allow God to work in and through me. I don't know where it's going to take me. I don't know what the end result is except for one day I will see Him who created me and called me into His marvelous light. It's by faith. Have you seen God? I'm not saying physically you've seen Him, but have you seen Him to the point where you recognize you're a sinner and you need Him? That you need this holy God that loved you so much that He sent His Son to die in your place? Paid the price for the sins of the world. He said it is finished. Sin, the price of sin is paid for. The blessing comes when we receive that wonderful gift of salvation. And it's by faith that we trust in God and what He's accomplished 
And it's by faith that we walk with God. And the longer we walk with God, the more ability we have to do what Moses did here in verse 24. Refuse. And choosing to suffer the affliction with the people of God. How about you? Are you willing to be numbered with the saints? Are you willing to be associated with body of believers? I, I think that's a wonderful verse to kind of give a little bit of credence for church membership. <laughs> to be regarded and counted as the members, the people of God. Hey, you know what? I might not always like what goes on in church either. <laughs> and the buck stops at my desk. Go figure, right? But you know what? I, there's not a greater group of people I'd want to be associated with. I love each and every one of you dearly. Are we perfect? No. Are we striving to encourage each other and to see each other grow in godliness? Yes. That's what's exciting. That to me is joyful. That, you know, that gives us the ability, right, as the Word of God says, that love covers a multitude of sin. Hey, it's very easy to point out faults. Some of us are extremely good at that. But first, what we really need to do before we pick out and point each other's faults out is let's take the planks out of our own eyes. Let's take that plank out first. Let's look at our own lives in the mirror of God's Word before I'm so quick to jump all over somebody else. Because, you know, honestly, even by faith, we can't do that. We can't look into the Word of God and look at our own lives and be accurate. See, it's only by faith that we're willing to even consider doing that. And then it's by faith when God reveals that's not really right in your life that we're going to change. When God reveals something to us that's not right, it's only by faith that we have the ability to change as we yield ourselves to the Spirit of God. So here we see some miraculous things here by faith in what God wants to do. He wants us to continue to stretch. And you know what the neat thing is too? I don't know about you, but back at verse 1, somebody read verse 1 again. Hebrews 11.1 1. It's faith is the substance of things hoped for. That means you haven't received it yet. Things hoped for. And isn't it neat that God's still got so much more that He wants to bless us with? You haven't received it all. Put it this way. If you received everything there is about the hope of God, you'd be in glory. But you haven't received it yet. You don't have it because you don't need it yet. And, and sort of like His grace and His mercy, right? It's seldom early, but it's never late. You know? And, and so the well, same thing is, is God. Faith. Faith. Look what it says again. Look at that. Verse 1 is the substance of things hoped for. And I don't know about you, but the substance of my faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and he's trustworthy he's never going to let us down it's me I'm the one who turns from Christ I'm the one who wanders he never wanders from us and he's here today right now for those who might be wandering saying come on home I'm still here I haven't left you I still have a plan and a purpose for your life look put it this way <laughs> if you're still here there's hope <laughs> there's still hope faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen I don't know about you but I have seen God work in my life over and over and over again did I actually see God did I actually have a verbal communication with him did we text did we tweet did we Facebook no but you know what he's proven himself over and over and over again to me and he has given me that wonderful peace through prayer and confirmation that he is there and that he's going to work all things out and I believe that and you know what he's still the same God and he's still at work today and he'll be at work tomorrow we can trust him and it's only by faith that we can do that it's only by faith faith means taking the next step in front of you and leaving the rest in God's hands that's the part we don't like we want it all planned out we want to know the beginning and the end faith is, gives us the ability to take that next step again I think there's five words that are key in this Hebrews 11:24 through 27 passage refused, choosing, esteeming, enduring and seeing I'm going to do something that I very rarely ever do I'm going to end a couple of minutes early. Ah, maybe I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> but listen, I really want to encourage you folks today. Don't give up on God because He's never going to give up on you. I know life can be difficult at best at times. But God will not lead you anywhere that He cannot keep you. And sometimes we're not the we're the ones who are leading ourselves down those wrong paths, not God. Sometimes God says, That's not really where I want you to go, but I'll let you go if that's really what you want. And then when we realize that, man, this road is a dead end, God says, Okay, then make a U turn and come back home. Come back to me. And it's by faith that we can come back to God. Because again, 1 John 1 9. Guys in the Bible study, what is that? Yeah. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to cleanse us from all our sins. All our sins. There's nothing that you have done or can do that will remove you from the love of God. Praise God. But until we confess our sins, we hinder the activity of God in our lives. Active faith releases the power of God. God's God work He wants to do in and through you for His glory, for His name's sake. He's asking you today, will you step out by faith and trust me? Don't have to have all the answers. You don't know, need to know the outcome. What you need to know is, are you in the beloved? Does God have a plan and a purpose? You better believe it. 
And does He want to reward us for our faith? Yes. Faith does these three things, and we'll close. Faith sees the invisible, sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. Faith is not a feeling, but a conscious choice to believe what God has said. Faith acts even in the face of doubt and opposition. And faith believes in advance. Will you trust Him? Because it takes just a moment to trust God and then see where He'll take you. Let's pray.